0: Hey guys, I'm Danny
1: and I'm EJ and this is the Your Living Proof Podcast
0: where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. All right, everybody, how you doing today and welcome back to another episode of Your Living Proof Podcast. He's Just back. like our marriage, maybe some of our kids' birthday, I always have to ask my wife, what number is this? 27. Ooh, yeah. And we've been married 13 years? Yeah. Boom! Look at that. (laughs) I'm starting to get better at that. There's been a few moments, or I guess a few times recently, where I was asked a certain thing, like, hey, what's your daughter's birthday? Uh, Like, of course I know the day, but I can't remember the year I'm put on the spot.
1: Yeah.
0: Or telling people in front of my wife that we've been married for 15 years, and it hasn't been that long, so...
1: (laughs) just. I'm like getting better with forever. numbers, but
0: I'm telling you guys, we all know that being with our spouse, we all have our strong suits, right? We all have things that we can do, and we got to support each other. So that is my need. Right I know. There. And Also, it.
1: if if we're talking to somebody and he doesn't tell me who it is, I know it's because he doesn't know their name. Yeah,
0: so we'll walk up to people or they'll come up to us. You know, you're know, you out in public, and you run into people you know, and you're like, hey. So I've yeah. gotten really good at being like, hey, bro, what's up? You know, go put my arm around them <laughs> because I can definitely re- – Remember where I last saw them, any unique things that happened, where we were.
1: But names don't stick with Danny. So I've gotten good yeah. at being like, Hi. Oh my gosh, I'm hey. EJ. And what was your name?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry I didn't introduce you guys. Yeah. So it, it works, you know. We used to have a little signal. I'd kinda elbow her a little bit. Just
1: we don't need to we're so fluid now, baby. Now
0: She just knows where I'm weak. <laughs> but anyway, hey, I wanna start off by thanking Robin Warner for coming on the episode that you guys just did
1: yep episode 26 yes
0: I don't think I've ever done a plea with people listening but if you had if you somehow missed that episode I'm pleading with you to go back and listen
1: well and actually I just want to say go back to four more episodes like start with Jeff Stewart when we had him on yeah and then a Smith- professional
0: like a longtime professional of sexual betrayal and how it affects a marriage.
1: Yes. And then Smith Alley was amazing. Yeah, a
0: young, beautiful man that's going to be successful in life who almost took his life. Yep. From the shame of his
1: pornography yeah. addiction. And then we had Josh on a client of Danny's that his episode, honestly, it's like I feel grateful I can just access it all the time because. When I want to feel close to my savior, I can listen to Josh's voice telling his story and I feel. Well, like-
0: and here's the other dynamic. His sexual addiction is what led him into drug addiction because he had so much shame surrounding it that he wanted to change, right? What yeah. everyone perceived of him. He'd rather so he didn't be known want to as So yeah, He didn't want to be known as the sexual predator. So he became yeah a drug addict to cover that up. Yep. And I mean, for all these different years. angles and then Robin to come on and talk about the pain that she went through with her husband and the effects it had on them in their marriage. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, she was so open and I, I just was so appreciative of not only her willingness to be vulnerable, but her husband allowing her to talk to about her personal about life yep. because it's very powerful when we tell our true stories because obviously then it allows others to be open about theirs it just theirs.
0: gives them the courage to do something right like everyone's path and journey is different but you got to do something you have to rise up and put forth effort right yep. you're going to it's going to be a process of trial and error but you've got to put forth effort instead of hiding from this monster in your closet which is what we all did when we were little yeah right so anyway you guys started off last time i actually listened to the full episode start to finish today at the gym And it was so incredible for me. It was kind of interesting listening to this this podcast and not being a part of it. I was just a spectator. So I was just so anxious to hear how it was going to go and which direction it was going to go. And I was blown away. You guys mentioned at the beginning that because of my absence, there was no beatbox. Yeah. And I was just like, those poor souls, man. It's
1: okay, though. (laughs) Robin brings her own.
0: Yeah. I was just like, you know, let me just give you a little something here. But. I took away three points from that episode and I want to share those with you real quick. So as a man, having gone through this struggle myself, listening to my wife speak with another wife, I just want to share with you what I took away from that. My point, my first point, I think probably the biggest point was the shame surrounding sexual addiction, Mm -hmm. the shame surrounding pornography. And how I want to emphasize that is just from my own personal perspective. Hearing my wife share alongside with Robin about the pornography problems and challenges I had early on in our marriage was like a kick to my gonads. Like it was. It was like I got kicked by a horse. And I sat there. I paused the episode, and I was like, what's going on? Like, why do I feel like this? And it dawned on me. I'm an open book, right? Like I wear my heart on my sleeve. Everyone who has ever met me knows that I don't – I don't hold back. I share my story. I I'm open about what I've been through as far as my drug and alcohol addiction, the trouble it got me into, but here, when it came to this, right, Mm -hmm. this mysterious sexual thing, I was like, i I felt ashamed and we're talking 11, 12 years down the road. Right. It was, it was an interesting perspective. So, I just want you to know, listeners out there, that there's far less shame and stigma around being an alcoholic or a drug addict nowadays than admitting your sexual dependency, your addiction to pornography.
1: Well, and it, it's it's double-sided because not only the person that's consuming pornography feels that shame, but their, their spouse feels it because they internalize it as, there's something wrong with me that... My husband has to look at pornography. So it's interesting because that's what I loved about Robin was that she really shared how it affected the way she viewed herself and her relationship with people that she would normally trust to tell things to that that were heavy. On this subject. She couldn't talk about it because she was worried about the way they viewed her husband.
0: Correct. Even with their own family.
1: With her own family. Yeah. Right.
0: That ties right into the second point I had. The second point was listening to the perspective shared by the woman. I want to make it clear. It's not always gender specific with these things. There are women who have their own problems, but we're just talking about this dynamic and our dynamic, you and I. So listening to the perspective shared by you of how it affected you and also listening to her simultaneously talking about the perspective of her feelings and how it affected her.
1: Yeah. Yeah
0: the agony that it caused, the insecurity that it caused, the questions, the inability to trust. Again, I had to pause the episode. I'm there. My heart rate's running here just a few hours ago. And I thought, wow, I don't think even with what I do for a living, all the experience I've had, all the people I've helped, I didn't understand the effect that it was having. Now, What I want to, the disclaimer here is, of course, right? You see your spouse crying. You see how hurt they are. You can tell they're affected. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, it just hit me like a ton of bricks today. Because that leads me into point number three is the selfish nature created by addiction. Mm -hmm. Even when it happens, I'm more worried about, oh, I got caught. How am I going to move forward without doing this, without looking at it, without engaging in it? How am I going to hide it? It's amazing how quickly your addiction teaches you to just think about your own needs and concerns. Right. So here's someone you love who is hurt. They're in tears. They're crying. They feel betrayed. You can see the physical pain they're having. But simultaneously, and if not more, you're instantly worried about yourself. Right. Oh, my gosh. How am I going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. How am I going to cover it up next time? What am I going to do? Yeah. That isn't because someone is a piece of shit. That is because someone has had their brain rewired. Mm -hmm. Someone has received such large doses and dumps of dopamine that their brain is now rewired. It's not about I'm hurting someone else's feelings. This could potentially ruin my marriage. It's I need this. How do I do it and get away with it? Right. It's incredible because you can't just look at someone and be like, nope, can't. It, it, it's very similar. Like if you were to tell an alcoholic that drinks every day, multiple times a day, you're going to stop drinking right now. You're going to throw them in a box. There's a high probability they die. Mm-hmm. Their body physically needs it and depends on it. So when it comes to a sexual addiction with pornography, example, and masturbation, what you're looking at is maybe not the same thing of going into a seizure and dying. Right. But your body is so dependent on that euphoria, yeah. on that escape, on that in, intense feeling that you get on demand, that you have to have it. Right. You you have to have it.
1: I And I loved actually, I, I, I love hearing that because it really ties back into what Jeff Stewart talked about on on the podcast we had with him. I think it was episode 24 25. Anyway, where he says, you know, when a spouse comes to the realization that you know okay this is a problem i'm i'm going to confront it whatever the most hurtful part of it is not necessarily the pornography it is the inability for that person to recognize the pain that they're causing yep. their spouse yep and which is what what always ends up happening because yep. they of what you just said their needs are so take precedence because it's so real that even though they can see that their spouse is crying, this is very upsetting. You know, their relationship is crumbling before their eyes. They actually don't really have a lot of emotion attached to that, because no. they can't anymore.
0: Well, and it's the same as if your loved one's an alcoholic or abusing pain prescription medication. You're looking at them with hurt, with disgust, with pain in your eyes. They can see it, but they just cannot feel it. So, what I want to share with all of you guys. I am someone who has been through a serious drug and alcohol addiction. I'm someone who's had an addiction with pornography. I want to share with you. It's not because your loved one is some messed up, demented person. Yeah. They are experiencing what is called addiction. We don't understand it as a society, but what I'm trying to help you understand is they are now dependent on that thing. Right. They, and simultaneously they get to feel good. Also what happens is they lose their ability to, to find that joy and comfort or relief in anything else. Right. They become solely dependent on that. Right. So all that does is help you understand the process. Stop burying your head in the sand. Stop holding your head down. Stop avoiding the issue and give you the fuel to say, we have to fight. Right. Because it's not going to stop. It's not going to go away. You need to expose the enemy. You have to reveal the secrets. And then you need to figure out how to move forward.
1: Right. Which means getting professional help. Yeah.
0: And that's so different for everybody, right? There's so many levels and layers of help. It it all depends on kind of the availability to you and maybe your finances, but there is so many resources out there. Yes, Group therapy, individual therapy, coaches, mentors, people that you can talk through and work with this, but you've got to start acknowledging the problem and quit hiding from it.
1: Right. And again, those previous podcasts with Smith, Allie, and... Jeff Stewart, they talk a lot about their resources. Jeff Stewart is an amazing resource. We'll link that in this show notes, but you can also just go back to those podcasts and listen and, and they talk at length about some of their, the resources that they offer. They
0: are. So we've been, you know, no porn November. We, we had every week, some significant stories that we hope help bless your life. And I, what I want to share is the same thing I share with everybody I come in touch with, who's dealing with an addiction. Never in the history of mankind has an alcoholic or a drug addict lived to be happily ever after, right? right? They they found something that satisfied their needs for a moment, but every one of them quickly end up destroying their lives. Everyone's path doing that is a little bit different, but there's no such thing as being a drug addict or just going off and living your life.
1: Right. Living happily happily
0: ever after. The same thing applies with pornography. So I don't care if there are people out there who debate whether it's a moral thing or a sense of, or, or it's a form of entertainment. Right. No one watches, partakes in pornography who lives to be happily ever after. Right. Now they might not become homeless and suicidal and crazy like other addictions, but I'll tell you right now, there's going to be long lasting permanent effects Yep. and it's, most likely going to manifest in their and your lack of trust
1: mm-hmm.
0: and intimacy with one another. Right. And what more catastrophic.
1: Well, it's just very isolating. consequence. Yeah. Could it, you
0: possibly have? Yeah. So please go back and watch those, share those with, with everyone. You know, I do want to just give my own personal witness that there is not a single subject that affects more of us than this. Every single home. Whether it's actually being viewed or consumed in your home, maybe it's not, but it's being it's being thought about. Mm-hmm. It, it's an urge. It's a temptation. It's always going to be there. So this single subject affects all of us, every single home. There's yeah. not a home that will go unscathed by the temptations of pornography.
1: Well, and just a random experience I had this week, I was getting my eyebrows done and the woman that was doing my eyebrows was just mentioning yeah I can't believe it I have a I have a kid in middle school now and I was like oh middle school that's crazy you know lots of it's a it's a it's a big shift and she was like yeah in fact that's funny you said that because I just found porn on my daughter's phone and I couldn't believe it and so I I confronted her about it and she came and she just was sobbing and saying mom everybody was making fun of me at school because they were talking about pornography and I said, I didn't know what it was. So I just Googled it and I said, Oh honey, well, you need to listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. And so I just want to say, if you think, if you really do think you don't need to have these conversations, you don't need to know what to say. You don't, you don't need to understand the issue. You're wrong. You are wrong. Yeah. And so go back, listen to these episodes, get informed, have these conversations, be open, be prepared. And, and just face it head Well, the on. goal
0: is to play offense instead of defense. By no means are we sitting here saying, oh, this is just a normal topic now. We all have to learn to deal with it. Hell no. What we're saying is this is such a normal topic. We have to play offense instead of defense. We need to start talking about it. Your children will be bombarded by it mm-hmm. every day. So they need to know and understand and be prepared with the tools so when they face that monster, they have a chance. Yep. You need to talk about it between you and your spouse so that you're open, so that if one of you develops a problem, it doesn't go down a rabbit hole and become this lifelong problem. Right. So anyway, we hope there's been benefit from all that. We hope that by bringing all these ind- incredible individuals on that you somehow it applied to what you're going through and gave you some tools and resources to move forward. Today, the other subject we wanted to talk about is, is the holidays, Yes. right? We're in the most beautiful month of the year. I love it. As soon as Christmas is over, the cold weather kind of sucks, but for right now, everyone's anticipation is incredible. Christmas is a great time of year. We recently um, had a little process group and invited people to join. So we had some mothers and some spouses that came on. We did a a little um, Zoom call. Yeah. And... I just want to share with you how incredible that was. There was there were mothers on there, there were spouses on there.
1: This was in regards to the upcoming holidays. Yeah, the
0: upcoming holidays and how that adds fuel to addiction, how that increases the hurt and the pain that it mm-hmm. causes the family, right?
1: Well, because- and just so much stress and anxiety uh, as spouses and, yeah. and supportive family units trying to figure out how are we, how do we do this through the holidays? So, you know,
0: we had, we, we had a mother whose son is currently incarcerated. We had a mother who was talking about her son that is just off the rails right now. Another spouse talking about her husband who's in recovery now and facing some of those challenges. Another spouse talking about her, her husband who is in addiction. All these people had the same kind of pain, right? Like as we're approaching this time of year where you want to be spending time and creating memories with your family, all being together, having those magical moments are going to be extremely difficult right now. Yeah. The reality is it is just going to be that way. Every mother wants to have all of her family, all of her children around on these special days. Every spouse wants to have their family together to have these magical moments. It might not be the year for that. Yeah. Here's the the guarantee. If you have the courage to do something about it, it will just become a blip in the radar. I know that there was a year in my life where my mom so desperately wanted me around. Everyone in my family knew that I was in bad shape. And I'll tell you what, what my mom had to find and witness with me doing drugs in my childhood bedroom in her home on Christmas was not fair. That was a pain that no mother should ever experience. So I just want to share with everybody there are two universal weapons that would be that will be used against all of you families, okay? If you have someone in your home, spouse, child, parent suffering from an an addiction, there are two weapons and during the holidays these weapons become even more fine-tuned, sharper. They're they're more powerful weapons and those are hope and fear. Hope is that maybe after the holidays We'll change things. It's going to be the new year. We're going to start the new year off on a new track. We're going to see a new doctor. We're going to switch schools or jobs. We just keep hoping that this is going to magically go away, right? Because in your family, there's no way this could happen. So you just keep hoping that maybe this magical time of year, something's going to touch their heart. Being around the family, being around you is going to give them that determination to change. You have to let go of that. Your hope needs to be for you. Your hope needs to be for the future. Your hope needs to be that by doing something difficult, they might choose change. But just hoping they're going to change will never come. It won't come for them. It'll just continue to exhaust you. The second weapon is fear, right? Every single family I've worked with faces fear. Yesterday, I had the most powerful conversation with the family. We had members of the family that were in Australia, back in the Midwest, along the West Coast. This family is is it they have their son, their brother is literally as close to life or and death as you can get with his addiction. He has cirrhosis of the liver. He is in and out of hospitals almost daily right now with ulcers and internal bleeding. The medical staff not knowing how long he's gonna make it. So we've come together as a family. They've watched the courses. We've had a family counsel. They understand exactly how to help him now. And not only that, but they understand what they're going to have to do to help him. But do you want to know the, the thing that's holding all of them back? Christmas. Fear. I cannot. I can... Here they have a medical staff telling them, I don't know if he's going to live another day. But it's cold. It's the month of Christmas. I'm not going to kick him out of my house. Even though we've put together this perfectly prepared plan that will help save his life, that we are all invested in, that we're all going to be part of along this journey with him. Okay. We've created that. We're not kicking him out without any support. The fear. So when you ask an individual, you know, when I ask the mother, well, what is your fear? If I kick him out, he's going to die. Now, I hear that all the time. Most mothers fear that if they kick their child out, they're going to get worse, right? Maybe their son or their daughter or their spouse is to a certain level in their addiction, and they think, okay, if I kick them out, it's just going to get worse. They're going to go do more drugs. They're going to get worse.
1: They don't want to feel responsible for that.
0: They think that by keeping them there, they have some sort of control over it. Mm -hmm. They're fearful that it will get worse. Now, in this situation that I'm just telling you about right now, they are fearful for this person's life. That fear causes this dynamic. Think about it. Their son, brother, father is going to die. The highest probability is that he is going to die. They know they've now put together a plan that could give him a chance, but yet they're not willing to do that because they're fearful that if they kick him out, he'll just die.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is the power of addiction. Gentlemen, ladies, ladies, The power of addiction is that not only does it completely rewire the way a person thinks to become so dependent on something that they are now consumed by it, Mm -hmm. but the family is so sick. The family gets so consumed by their addiction that you get stuck in a trap like that.
1: Yeah. And you're so like Josh's story is a really good example of just that. And he even admitted it. Like my family was so sick that I could weave in and out of them and all of their different ways that they were sick. Right. Yep. So that's why nothing was 20 years, 20 years went by of him being sick. Danny uh, recorded something yesterday, just and posted it on Instagram. And I just want to read a little quote from it. And it said of all the liars in the world, sometimes the worst, our own fears, our
0: own fears. That's what it is. So,
1: but fear is also a liar, so that is really important.
0: No, and so I, I just want to share how powerful that we had this. It was a Zoom call again. There were people from all over, even across the world. The fear was real. Yeah, This mother's fear, I had to tell her, was valid. Her son is so sick. Mm-hmm. He is in such a critical state that there is a high probability that by doing something difficult, like removing him from the home if he doesn't want to accept this help, could kill him. So this mother's concern is legitimate. Yeah. As we worked through, as this family talked, as we went through and discussed certain things, this powerful moment happened. One of the sisters, one of the daughters just broke down. There was a spiritual moment. There was this healing moment where everyone in the family understood one principle, maybe for the first time in a decade or two. If we do this, we come together, right? The, each one of these people have been affected in such different ways and in, they'd have been affected so deeply.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: They all came together and said, hey guys, if we do this, if we all do this, if we all commit to this, if we all agree to this, if we all stand by this, then guess what? If he dies, we just began the healing process. We started to, we came together, We we united we put forth effort. All of us know we did what we could. Now we don't want to end on a sad note saying, well, he dies and the family just has peace moving forward. That's the only guarantee. The only guarantee is that you'll get your family unified. You'll find peace because you did everything that could have changed the outcome. Mm -hmm. But by doing that, what you carve out and create is a chance for them. Yep. You create a chance. And I think that's all anybody who finds themselves deep in this wants is a chance.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: I know it's difficult and that's why we're doing this. And that's why each and every day I'm (laughs) working with people, wrapping my arms around them, meeting them, talking to them who are in these crazy, difficult positions.
1: Beautiful, amazing families that are full of love.
0: Yeah. They're now faced with some unthinkable decisions and it's going to require help. I I love helping them understand the process of sharing with them truths that happen with myself and everyone else who goes through this. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that I've learned more. There's nothing that I've been taught more than every family comes to the same bottlenecks. Every family comes to those same challenges and time and time again, I've witnessed families have success when they're willing to come together and have the courage to do some of these things. So during the holidays, when things are amplified, your hope, fear, whatever it is that's holding you and your family hostage, learn from it, absorb it, take it in. If your loved one's absence on Christmas day or Christmas Eve is so heartbreaking to you, use that as fuel to do something about it. If they come around because you just want them there and they make a a scene and make a fool of themselves and ruin your Christmas, use that as fuel for yourself. Stop thinking that that moment, what they just did, is going to motivate them to change. It will not. Addiction that comes in any form creates nothing but a selfish mentality to care for oneself. So if someone is not willing to be the disruption, then you're going to have to wait for a judge or death. So let's not do that. Let's take those two, the judge and death, out of the equation, and maybe the family can put up a fight. Maybe the family can come together and do something to change the outcome. So that's what we're here for. That's what we're preaching, teaching. We also want more people to understand that we created these online digital courses for that. So that before you even need to reach out and talk with me to do difficult things, you can have a much better understanding and see a clear path forward as to what needs to happen with you and your family.
1: And we've had multiple people now on the podcast talk about how those courses changed their yeah. family dynamic and created that yeah. scenario. That and you're you can talking start about.
0: listening to these while you're driving, laying in your bed, while you're on a treadmill. It gives you firsthand account, firsthand experience of what your loved one's going through and what the people in my life did to change that outcome. Yeah. It's easily understood. It helps people bless their lives. And we want more people to have that. So for any of you listening, Whether you have someone in your home or you, you know, someone that has a loved one that's dealing with a serious addiction, that's completely destroying their family. We want to give a a little Christmas special. So what are we going to do?
1: So for the month of December, actually just until Christmas. Okay. So from now until Christmas, from now until Christmas, we are going to have our online courses on sale, which they're never on sale. So. They're on sale for 30% off. So use the code HOPE30, H-O-P-E 30, the number 30, and receive 30% off our online courses. I promise you, if you do that one thing for yourself, if you purchase those courses for yourself and you watch them, you will have a completely different perspective you will have everything you need to do what will be required to save yeah and to get through
0: what's been keeping you stuck for so long absolutely I, i i'm gonna add one thing on and if we have to edit this out you can but i i also want to say if you buy these courses right let's say it's your brother and there's three siblings and your parents for the rest of the month we will automatically enroll your immediate family for a small fee Yep. So you can reach out on the website and ask. So what that means is here's a discount to these courses for you. And if by purchasing them, we're going to allow you to give a gift to everyone else in your family for just a small processing fee. Yep. So you can reach out to us on the website, ask about that, but now's the time to start learning, having the the courage to do something about it. And, and this would tools. be the best place to start.
1: Amen. Also, I just want to say, if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, get on our website and subscribe to it today. And If you want Danny to come and speak to your organization about pornography addiction or addiction in general, he speaks to youth groups. He speaks to parents. He speaks to teachers. Reach out on the website. Businesses, churches, whatever. Just shoot us an email and we can get you on the schedule next year um, for January. It's a great way to start out for youth or anyone else. Honestly, when he speaks, it is magical.
0: Well, we all need each other. And sometimes the the pain and agony we've been through, if dealt with correctly, can end up being a blessing in other people's lives. So we're grateful you guys joined us. We hope you have an awesome week and Merry Christmas because I want to be the first one to say that. Yeah. We'll see you later.